some golden daybreak Jesus will come some golden daybreak battles are won he'll shout the victory break through the blue some golden day break for me for you for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel we present and herald and proclaim every day on this radio period. This is Harold Seidler speaking and introducing another Bright Spot Hour program. I guess the Lord's today, Bill Harvey singing some golden daybreak. Mrs. Garrett at the organ and a beautiful hymn that you'll enjoy, I know. The Haven of Rest. We that are saved in the grace of God know the rest that we have in the Lord. We're living in a troubled world, aren't we? These are perplexing days, and men's hearts fail them for fear, for looking after the things that come upon the earth. But there's a deep, settled peace and rest that abides within the bosom of every believer. I would that all the world could know that. You could know it. You could receive it. You could enjoy it as you come to know the Lord Jesus. Our Father, we come to thank Thee and honor Thee for that which the Lord has proven Himself to be in our life. He has answered every need. He has supplied abundant grace. He has given us sweet peace, the gift of God's love. He journeys with us and walks with us. He sustains. He gives grace and comfort in the hour that we need the comforting Spirit of God. And Thou hast never disappointed. Thou hast never failed. The promise, I will never leave Thee nor forsake Thee, has literally become true in my life, and I rejoice in it. And Father, I pray that the Spirit may draw others, some that hear the bright spot hour, that are unsaved. I pray the Holy Spirit will deal with them in real conviction, and may men seek the Lord while he may be found, and call upon the Lord while he's near. I come today to pray for our country, 
I pray for our leaders. I pray for our president. I pray for the Congress. Lord, use the bright spot. I'll make it a real blessing to many people. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Bill Harvey. Bill, you're singing a good song today. I really appreciate this title. And it's a glorious fact, isn't it? Springs of living water. I thirsted in the barren land of sin and shame, and nothing satisfying there I found. But to the blessed cross of Christ one day I came, where springs of living water did abound. Drinking at the springs of living water, happy now am I, my soul is satisfied. Drinking at the springs of living water, a wonderful and bountiful supply. Oh, sinner, won't you come today to Calvary? A fountain there is flowing deep and wide. The Savior now invites you to the waters free, where thirsting spirits can be satisfied. Drinking at the springs of living water Happy now am I My soul is satisfied Drinking at the springs of living water A wonderful and bountiful been a great joy this week to have the late Bill Harvey with us by way of recording, and also my late grandfather and the late Mrs. Garrett, how much we enjoy them in a definite way. Your Bibles are open to James 2 and verse number 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Well, the obvious answer is, Yes, if a man is going to be saved, he is going to be saved by faith. There's no doubt about that or question about that. The next verse of verse 15 says, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. By the grace of God and your listenership, I want to deal with the evidence of works. The evidence of works, which is an evidence of the works are an evidence of the matter of justification. Be sure not to change your radio dial. The Bright Spot Hour is a work of faith and a labor of love, depending upon the Lord and our many friends to enable the door of radio broadcasting to remain open. I appreciate those of you that have written during the month of February, and we've sent out a good number of the books that we have been making available during these days. I have my grandfather's book on the doctrine of the church, the church, the doctrine of the church, and my my reason for making this available 
is there are two sermons that my grandfather obtained permission to reprint. One by W.D. Harvey, Baptist in History. This was first published in 1892. 1892. The second of these by the late uh, Dr. Chester E. Tolga, who lived from 1896 to 1976. Why the Baptists did not cooperate with the Reformation and refused Reformation doctrine. Now, this calls into question something that I see all along uh, on Baptist church signs, Reformed Baptist church, Reformed Baptist church. I have told some people that those are Presbyterians that baptize by immersion. Dr. Tolga says why the Baptists did not cooperate with the Reformation and refused Reformation doctrine. Now, I'll be glad to send this book the Doctrine of the Church, so that you can have the two sermons by W.D. Harvey and Chester Tolga. And I'm also going to include my grandfather's booklet, Blessed Assurance, or How May I Know I Am Saved. I'll send both of these to you for $20 in the return mail. I make available Sermon 51, The Battle of Gog and Magog. My grandfather's Sermon 51, The Battle of of Gog and Magog, you write and request yours. It will come to you on a compact disc, and you can have it for a gift in support of the radio of $10. Now, my friend, the Bright Spot Hour depends entirely upon our friends across the network. We, we need the Lord's help, but in this dispensation, God doesn't rain the money down out of heaven, but God uses people. He uses His people to enable His work to continue. And that work continues through the free will gifts and offerings of people across the Bright Spot Hour network, just like yourself. My friend, consider now what you can do in the way of prayerful and financial support for the radio, and I will appreciate that in a definite way. Our mailing address, the Bright Spot Hour, Post Office Box number 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. Our email, Dr. Ben Carper at Let me encourage you to find the Bright Spot Hour or Ben Carper on social media at Rumble, Getter, Odyssey, X, YouTube, and Facebook. I've been dealing with the matter of justification. On the broadcast yesterday, I pointed out to you that justification is mediated by the matter of faith. Now, faith is not justification. Uh, faith is what activates the work of Jesus Christ on behalf of the lost sinner. You either believe by faith that Christ died for your sin, or you do not. It is simply the one or the other. You, you believe the gospel and take Jesus Christ by faith, or you don't. Justification is not faith, the work of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, is the basis of my justification. Now, I pointed out that that, that presents to us a fact that every man and woman that dies and goes to hell, dies and goes to hell with their sin debt paid. But they never had faith to believe the gospel and appropriate 
what Jesus Christ has done for them in his death on the cross. They, by unfaith, they never laid hold on the work of Jesus Christ. Those of us that are saved by faith, we have laid hold on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and have trusted the work of Jesus Christ on the cross to the saving of our soul. Today I want to move a step further and, and point out the fact that justification is evidenced by the matter of works. Now, I'm justified by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is much like the wind or air. I can't see it. You can't see my faith. I can't see your faith. I can't see the air or the wind. But I can see the result of the wind. I can't see the wind, but I can feel the wind blowing against my skin. I can't see the wind, but I can see the leaves and the trees being blown about by the wind. I can't see the wind, but I can see where a storm has come through and the leaves off the trees and the limbs down and so forth. The results that I see, the waving of the leaves, the uh, moving of the grass, the air against my skin, is all an evidence of the invisible. It is an evidence of the invisible wind that I cannot see. And so it is with the matter of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the only evidence that I have of faith is in the area of works. Now, just because a man may have works does not in and of itself imply that a man has faith. There are some men that think that they're going to heaven because of their works. They are persuaded that they're working their way into the kingdom of God, that they are saving themselves by the matter of works. I'm working my way in. The old song, if working and praying has any reward, surely I will make it in. And you'd be stunned at the number of people that think they're going to heaven by their works. Now, the Bible is very clear. Man is justified by faith. By the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Not, Titus 3, 5, and 6, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So how do I align the matter of faith and works? How do I couple these two things together and pair these two things together. Well, I think the context that I find in James 2 is revealing. Verse 14, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Well, the answer is given by the Apostle Paul, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Therefore, being justified by faith, Romans 5 and verse number 1, can faith save him? If he's saved, the only way he can be saved is to be saved by faith. It's not possible that a man can be saved by anything other than faith. Now, 
Now, now, don't uh, look at one thing at the, in this text at the expense of the other. How many times have I said on the right spot hour, the context, the context, the context. It's, the context is always the key. Look back at the beginning of verse 14. What doth it profit? What doth it profit? So the matter of faith and works falls into this area of profit. What doth it profit? Now look at verse number 15. I think the context again will explain if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food. And one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled. You speak to them in platitudes, you pat them on the shoulder. Notwithstanding, ye give them not. That's the area of works. Ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. And I'm right back to my opening statement. What doth it Profit. Now verse 14 opens up, what doth it profit? And now verse 16 closes, what doth it profit? And then verse 17 gives us an explanation. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Now the matter of faith is real. It is my estimation that dead faith is just as real faith as a dead body. But a dead body is of no profit. When my grandfather died, you heard his recorded voice a few moments ago introducing another bright spot hour. When my grandfather died, he never took another text. He never preached another sermon. He ne never gave another word of counsel. As far as my grandfather's ministry was concerned, he was of no profit. He had died. His ministry had closed. King David in, uh, in Acts 7, when Stephen was preaching, Stephen stated that David served his generation and then died. And David in death was no longer able to serve his generation. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. How many times I have wished Oliver Green was alive. I'd like to talk to him. And my grandfather was alive. I sure would like to talk to them about the Bible and about some things that I've seen in my ministry since they died. But I'll talk to neither one of them again in this life. I'll talk to them in the resurrection. But I'll talk to neither one of them again in the course of this life because they are dead. Now, their bodies are real. I can take you to the place where my grandfather's buried. I can take you to the place where my dad is buried. I mean, I watched the undertaker bury them, both of them. I mean, I, I watched them. My grandfather was in that casket, and I watched him lower the casket down in the vault, and I watched him put the lid on the vault, and I watched him push the dirt in. And the bottom of my granddad's grave is six feet deep, but the top where the vault is only about three and a half feet below the surface of the ground. The same with my dad. I watched the undertaker put my dad in the grave, and, and you could dig down. It'd take about 45 minutes to an hour if the ground was uh, was damp and soft. And in just a little while, I could be on the top of my dad's vault. I mean, I know where his body is. His body is in that grave. The same with my grandmother. The same with my grandfather. I know where their bodies are. But my grandfather can offer no word of advice. My dad cannot develop another piece of land. He cannot list and sell 
another piece of real estate because he is dead. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Dead faith truly is real faith, but dead faith like a dead body is ineffectual. There is no advantage to a dead body. There, there is no industry to a dead body. A dead man fathers no children. A dead man builds no buildings. A dead man conducts no business. A dead man manages no company. A dead man pastors no churches. There is no advantage because their body is dead. Therefore, what doth it profit? What is the profitability of the matter of faith if invisible faith is not coupled with visible works? Now, another thing that I find in this passage, uh, sometimes the, the fellows that are preaching, uh, man, is justified by works. Man, you got to work your way in, pray through, climb up the rough side of the mountain, weep your way to God, march down the sawdust trail, on and on they go with all of these works. But notice that James is identifying not the volume of works, but he says on two occasions, what doth it profit? What doth it profit? There have been a lot of things I have done over the course of my life, a lot of works that I've done over the course of my life that in the final analysis had no profitability to them at all. There was no profit in the things that I had attempted to accomplish. There was no profit in the things that I had attempted to do. There are many believers today, I think, have a laundry list of activities that are of no profit. They're, they're much like Martha and Mary. Mary was satisfied to sit at Jesus' feet, while Martha, the Bible says, was cumbered about much service. Martha was running hither and thither. Martha bounced from pillar to post. Martha bounced from one side of the room to the other. Martha was always occupied, always preoccupied with all of these works that were to be done, all of these things that needed to be done. And the Lord Jesus looked at Martha and said, Mary hath chosen that better thing. Mary has chosen that thing that is good. So faith is invisible, much like the air. I can't see the air. Now, if the air wasn't there, I would die. I, I have to have the air to breathe, to sustain life. So I know the air is there, but I can't see it. But I can see the effect of the air and the effect of the wind when I see the leaves on the trees waving and when I see feel the cool wind blowing against my skin, I see the effects of that which is invisible. So it is a matter of works. I cannot see faith, but I can see works. And when I see the works, then that seeing of those works is an evidence that faith is real.
This broadcast of the Bright Spot Hour has been transcribed and conducted by Dr. Ben Carper. You may write the Bright Spot Hour at Post Office Box 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. This is Mark Ferguson saying be by your radio tomorrow for the Bright Spot Hour with Dr. Ben Carper. Same time, same station, same gospel. Everybody ought to breathe.